Encyclical Letter Levate on the Affiliations of Church by Pope Pius Ninth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. We publish in another column the Latin text of the encyclical letter addressed by the Holy Father on October the 17th, 1867, to the patriarchs, primates, archbishops, and bishops of the whole Catholic world, who are in communion with the Apostolic See. In English it may be read as follows. Venerable Brethren, Health and the Apostolic Blessing Cast your eyes around, Venerable Brethren, and you will see, and with us you will grieve over the abominations which afflict unhappy Italy. For our part, we adore the inscrutable judgments of God, who hath pleased that we should live in these sad times, when, by the action of men, and especially of those who rule and administer public affairs in Italy, the commandments of God and the laws of the Holy Church are utterly despised, and impiety, unchecked, exalts its head and triumphs. Hence flow all the crimes, evils, and misfortunes which we see. Hence arise all those bands of men who walk in impiety and fight under the standard of Satan, on whose face is written, Lie. Called by the name of revolution and setting their mouths against heaven, they blaspheme God, they defile and contemn everything sacred, they trample on all laws, human and divine. Like ravenous wolves they pant after their prey, they are shedders of blood, they are destroyers of souls by their scandals. They seek the stipend of their service by every injustice. They are robbers. They afflict the weak and the poor. They add to the number of widows and orphans. They deny justice to the just, and for bribes spare the wicked. Thoroughly corrupted, they strive at gratifying every passion at whatever damage to society itself. By ruffians of this sort, we are now surrounded. Animated by a spirit utterly devilish, they long to plant their standard of lies in this, our fair city, by the chair of Peter, the centre of Catholic truth and unity. The subalpine government, which ought to punish them, is not ashamed to cherish them, to provide them with arms and provisions, and to provide them with access to this city. But let all such tremble, even of the highest rank and place, for they are incurring additional ecclesiastical penalties and censures. In the humility of our heart, we earnestly pray God, who is rich in mercies, to lead all these unhappy men back to saving repentance and to the path of justice, religion, and piety. But we cannot keep silence on the grave perils to which, in this hour of darkness, we are exposed. We await calmly every event, though procured by wicked frauds calumnies, conspiracies, and falsehoods. For we place all our hope and trust in God our Saviour, who is our help and strength in all our tribulations, who never suffers those who hope in him to be confounded, who confounds the designs of the impious and breaks the necks of sinners. Still we are bound to announce to you, venerable brethren, and to all the faithful committed to your care, the affliction and the great danger in which we find ourselves, principally owing to the conduct of the subalpine government, 
although we are defended by the valour and devotion of our faithful army, which by its gallant exploits has displayed a courage almost heroic, it is clear that it is not able long to resist the far superior numbers of its unjust assailants. And although we are much consoled by the filial piety shown to us by the remnant of our subjects, reduced in number as they are by wicked usurpers, we have still to lament that they must needs incur great danger from the savage bands of criminals who continually menace them, plunder them, and oppress them in a thousand ways. And we have to deplore other evils, venerable brethren, evils which we can never sufficiently lament. From our consistorial allocution, delivered on October the 29th, last year, and from the narrative and documents which we printed and published, you know with what affliction the Catholic Church and her children in the Russian Empire and in the Kingdom of Poland are oppressed and tortured. Catholic bishops and ecclesiastics and laymen have been banished, imprisoned, persecuted, robbed of their property, and made to suffer most cruel punishment, while the canons and laws of the Church have been trampled underfoot. And, not content with this, the Russian government continues, in its ancient fashion, to violate the discipline of the Church, to sever the bonds of union and communion between the faithful and ourselves and the Holy See, and to plot and strive in a thousand ways utterly to destroy the Catholic religion in those dominions, to tear the faithful from the bosom of the Catholic Church and to drag them into a fatal schism. We inform you, with deep grief, that two decrees have lately been issued by that government since our last allocution above mentioned. By the decree issued on the 22nd of last May, the Diocese of Podlachia, in the Kingdom of Poland, its College of Canons, its General Consistory, and its Diocesan Seminary were utterly abolished. The Bishop of the Diocese was torn from his flock and compelled at once to quit the Diocese. And this decree is similar to that which was published on June the 3rd last year, which we are unable to mention as we knew not of it. By this clause, the government, of its own will and power, abolished the Diocese of Kamenitz, dispersed its college of canons, its consistory, and its seminary, and removed the bishop from the diocese by force. As every means of communicating with the faithful is obstructed, and in order not to expose anyone to imprisonment, exile, or other punishment, we have been obliged to insert in our newspapers the document by which we decided on providing for the exercise of legitimate jurisdiction in those vast dioceses, in order that, by aid of the press notice of our decision, might reach thither. Everyone sees at a glance in what spirit and for what object the Russian government issues these decrees. To the absence of many bishops, it now adds the suppression of dioceses. But our affliction is yet increased by another decree of the same government, promulgated on the 22nd of last May, by which a college was constituted at St. Petersburg called the Roman Catholic Ecclesiastical College, over which the Archbishop of Mobilev presides. All petitions appertaining even to matters of faith and conscience, which are sent to us and this apostolic see by the bishops, clergy, and faithful people of the Russian Empire, and of the Kingdom of Poland, are first to be transmitted to this college, and the college has to examine them, and decide whether the petitions exceed the power of the bishops, 
in which case it is to see that they be forwarded to us. And when our decision arrives thither, the President of the College is bound to forward it to the Minister for Home Affairs, that he may decide whether anything be found in it contrary to the laws of the State and the rights of the Sovereign, and may execute it at his pleasure and discretion should nothing of the sort be found in it. You see clearly, venerable brethren, how worthy of blame and reprobation is this decree issued by lay and schismatical authority. It destroys the divine constitution of the Catholic Church. It subverts ecclesiastical discipline. It inflicts a great injury on our supreme pontifical power and authority, and on the power and authority of this holy see and of the bishops. It impels the faithful towards a fatal schism, and violates the very law of nature as to matters which concern faith and conscience. Moreover, the Catholic Academy of Warsaw has been destroyed, and ruin impends over the Ruthenian diocese of Kelm and Belts. Most of all have we to lament that a certain priest, Wujiki, a man of suspected faith, despising all ecclesiastical penalties and censures, disregarding the terrible judgment of God, has dared to accept from the civil power the government and administration of that diocese, and to issue sundry ordinances opposed to ecclesiastical discipline and furthering a fatal schism. Amid these misfortunes, afflicting us and the Church, we entreat you, venerable brethren, as there is none to fight for us, save the Lord our God, to join your fervent prayers with ours, as becomes your zeal for the Catholic Church and your affection for us, and together, with all your clergy and people, to pray God without ceasing to be mindful of his mercies, which are for ever, to turn away his wrath from us, to rescue his holy church and us from these evils, to help and defend by his omnipotence our beloved children of the church in all parts, and especially in the Russian Empire and Kingdom of Poland, exposed as they are to so many snares and visited by so many crosses, to keep, confirm and fortify them daily in the profession of the Catholic faith and its saving doctrine, to dissipate all the impious counsels of the enemy, to recall them from the gulf of sin to the path of virtue, and to guide them in the way of his commandments. We desire you, therefore, to announce public prayers in your diocese at your discretion for three days within the next six months, and within a year in the transoceanic diocese, and that the faithful may assist at these public prayers, and beseech God with more devotion, we mercifully grant in the Lord, to all and every the faithful of Christ, of both sexes, who shall devoutly assist at the prayers on the next three days, who shall pray to God according to our intentions in the present needs of the Church, and who shall have been cleansed by sacramental confession and refreshed by Holy Communion, a plenary indulgence and remission of all their sins, and to those of the faithful who, being contrite of heart, shall on any one of the said days perform the other works, we remit, according to the wonted form of the Church, seven years and seven, forty days of the penances, or otherwise due. Also we grant, in the Lord, that all, and singular, these indulgences, remissions of sins, and relaxations of penances, may be applied by way of suffrage to the souls of Christ's faithful, who have departed this life 
in union with God by charity. All things whatsoever to the contrary notwithstanding. Lastly, nothing is more pleasing to us than to use this occasion to testify and repeat the special kindness with which we embrace you in the Lord. In sure token of which, accept the apostolic benediction, which, with cordial affection, we lovingly bestow on yourselves, venerable brethren, and on all the clergy and laity entrusted to your vigilance. Given at Rome at St. Peter's, October the 17th, 1867, in the 22nd year of our pontificate. Pope Pius the Ninth. End of encyclical letter, Levate, on the affiliations of church. By Pope Pius the Ninth. Recording by Algie Pug.